Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Today is Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Lots of news about the COVID-19 pandemic. Donald Trump is defending his use of hydrochloroquine, even though it's dangerous. He also released a sad report on the virus and health disparities that the House and the Senate are calling woefully inadequate. Doctors and scientists are concerned about a mysterious new pediatric illness that appears linked to COVID-19. We'll be talking to Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton about that. Also, we'll learn about false negatives in testing. A federal judge says all Texas voters can apply to vote by mail during the pandemic. <laughs> and Donald Trump is attacking states that are sending out applications for folks to vote by mail. The Republicans do not want you to be able to vote in mass. The Center for American Progress recommends that uh, all states should be uh, focused on that issue of voting in by mail. Plus, an 11-year-old black girl is attacked by a white woman who accused her of stealing mail. We'll talk to the little girl's attorney. And another crazy-ass white woman in Virginia called her local Lowe's to say she only wanted white delivery drivers. Plus, Teddy Riley joins us. We'll talk a little technology. Y'all need to stop with them memes about Teddy Riley. Plus, comedian Chris Spencer is in the house for Why Not Wednesday. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. Today, there are 1,579,387 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the United States. 94,167 people have died. 364,000 people are recovering. But it seems as if the Trump administration doesn't give a damn about that. They're focused on picking silly fights with people on a variety of issues. Now you got Trump doubling down on defending himself against criticism from medical experts that his announced use of a malaria drug against the coronavirus could spark widespread misuse and it has potentially fatal side effects. Here's the whiner in chief. Has said hydroxychloroquine should not be used outside of a hospital setting or. No, that's not what I was told. No, so there was a false study done where they gave it to very sick people, extremely sick people, people that were ready to die. It was given by obviously not friends of the administration. And the study came out, the people were ready to die. Uh, everybody was old, had bad problems with hearts, diabetes, and everything else you can imagine. So they gave it. So immediately when it came out, they gave a lot of false information. Just so you understand, great studies came out of Italy on hydroxy. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Great studies came out. Uh, and the combination of the three. But we had some great studies come out. Uh, Italy, France, Spain, ourselves, many, many doxes. 
doctors, but I think it's worth it as a line of defense, and I'll stay on it for a little while longer. I'm just very curious myself, but it seems to be very safe. But that study was a phony study put out by the VA. Ah, and here we go. Trump with his usual nonsense. There's all kind of other stuff that's going on when it comes to the issue of uh, the coronavirus. They're spreading uh, crazy information. They're spreading misinformation as well, folks. It makes no sense uh, what is going on. You also have uh, doctors and scientists in the United States and Europe concerned about a mysterious new pediatric illness that appears linked to COVID-19. Instead of attacking the lungs like the adult does, like the disease does in a Adults, this syndrome, while seemingly very rare, can trigger serious and even deadly cardiac complications in children. Plus, we have false negatives uh, involving coronavirus as well. Uh, the Abbott test they've been touting, uh, the FDA is warning about that as well. Lots of things to talk about. Uh, let's bring up, of course, uh, Sister, you know her so well. We've had her on the show many times. She's been giving great information on this. And that's Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton. She's an associate professor, anesthesiology and critical care medicine, University of Virginia, and medical director at Good Stop. Dr. Hilton, glad to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me back. I wish there was nothing to talk about, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, craziness from the winery-in-chief uh, touting this drug, and what's interesting is uh, his his own doctor put this statement out, but nowhere in there did the doctor actually say he prescribed the drug. And, you know, they're dancing around this, and so what did this make of the silliness uh, coming from Donald Trump about this drug? I don't believe him at all, for one. Um, it is one of those things that I think he says things on the spur, and it, it's unfortunate that we cannot believe and trust the words of our president um, that's in charge of keeping us all safe and keeping our nation intact. But I think he truly made that up on the spot, which is why he couldn't say the word hydroxychloroquine and tried to play it off, which is why he also couldn't say the word doctors. Also tried to play that off. Um, I think we have we have a problem. Um, but that being said, to to either lie about taking it or to pressure a doctor into prescribing it for you when there's known risk and side effects of this drug, um, when there's no clear indication for you to take that drug, that is insanity in either direction. Uh, and again, you have this constant defense of it, even though the, the, the test results have shown it is not doing anything for these people who are suffering from coronavirus. It's like, it, like, it, like he, this idiot can't get it through his head that he's wrong. Right. And the study actually came out of the University of Virginia, where I work, um, looking at VA um, patients. And what we saw is that it actually had worse outcomes, that those patients who were on hydroxychloroquine um, alone had higher mortality rates. That means they died. And the thing is, he brought up the, the fact that these patients were already really sick, that they were really old, they had many comorbidities. But that's the type of patients that we actually have to put you on medicines when you have COVID-19 because you are dying and we're trying to figure out a medicine that could help you not to die. So the fact that this medicine caused more people to die while on it is a bad indication for its utility in medicine. And so even in his own words, he, he basically explained why we are not using hydroxychloroquine at the University of Virginia. So 
again, the FDA has warned that the only people who should be prescribing this drug is if people are in hospitals. So people who are at home should not be taking this drug just for the hell of it. Yeah. I mean, this drug is, is excellent for what it's useful for. Those with lupus, those with, with other types of conditions um, that have been prescribed this medication and monitored, their lab work monitored, their, their EKGs monitored, fantastic. Um, if you have malaria, fantastic. But if you're just taking this as a preventative, as he's suggesting that he is doing, um, that is not, that's not what you do. If anything in medicine, as, as medical providers, we try to get you off of medicines as quickly as possible because we know that every medicine has a potential for a side effect. Yes. And this medicine in particular has a, a, um, a decent uh, amount of cardiac arrhythmias that are associated with it. And so we try to limit its use as much as possible, but there are certain conditions where people need this medicine. And we need to use that medicine for those individuals and not for someone who's making up things at this spur of the moment on a press conference. So for all the folks who are sitting here watching, who are paying attention, uh, I, I keep saying this. If there's any advice that's coming out of the mouth of Donald Trump, completely ignore it. Even Neil Cavuto on Fox Business was saying the exact same thing. <laughs> Ignore it and or do the direct opposite is what I found to be uh, most accurate because, for instance, he's not wearing a mask, um, of which, yes, yes, we know that the mask does not 100% prevent any transmission, but he is around how many people now that are testing positive for COVID-19. And for him to continue to be reckless in his practice is absolutely, I think, the pure definition of insanity. At a certain point, you have to realize that we are all mortal. Um, and that he's putting himself and therefore our nation at risk. All right, I want to bring in uh, my panel here, A. Scott Bolden, former chair, National Bar Association, Political Action Committee, Law and Victoria Burke, NNPA, Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies, University of Maryland. Jason, I'm going to start with you, and folks, keep uh, uh, Ebony there, Dr. Hilton there. Uh, Jason, what I see what's going on here is, and again, I, I see complete dereliction of duty coming from this White House. Uh, you have Trump in these news conferences making people take off their mask to ask questions. Uh, you have cabinet meetings where they're not sitting, uh, spacing away from one another. You've got Mike Pence uh, who says he's not on this drug, but he's been self-quarantining because one of his staffers actually tested positive coronavirus. I would, I would dare say everything that, that should be done to take precautions against this, follow nothing this administration is doing because they're not practicing what the doctors are actually preaching, Jason. I mean, what you, I think you've pretty much said it all. The fact that, you know, he's taking this drug as some sort of prophylactic against, uh, you know, the virus, and there's no evidence of it. We haven't seen it in any kind of clinical trials. I was just reading a new study out of China that says that none of that works. We saw Stephen Miller got it. His wife got it. It's running through the White House. He's not wearing masks. He's being reckless. He's setting a terrible example. And that's not what leadership is. What leadership is is first setting the example yourself in order to make this country safer, in this case, flatten the curve. And he's really, you know, setting a terrible example for, you know, everyday Americans. And now we have children, you know, dying. We had a children, a child in Baltimore who just passed away 
from uh, you know COVID related ill COVID related illness. So this is a Trump. really terrible situation when you have someone who who is not responsible and derelict in their duty. L Lauren, here's what I think is happening. And Dr. Hilton, I would love for you to weigh in on this as well. 94,000 people are dead, okay? I, they've said, oh, it's going to happen by, by June 1st at the rate we're going. At the end of, look, we may see, I said this last week, it might happen by Friday. They refuse to acknowledge what's going on. Now we're hearing about a woman fired in Florida. Uh, they're trying to fudge numbers. We saw what happened in Georgia. I mean, you have, and we, and we already know what the administration has tried to do by questioning the CDC numbers. Uh, they want to be able to suppress these numbers because it's bad news for them, Lauren. Exactly. He's trying to turn the page. And he can't turn the page. I mean, this is a president, as we know, uh, who thinks everything is about PR. He doesn't want to have this branded to him, which it's completely branded to him. It's completely branded to him because he didn't read his intelligence reports in December and January and February. There's no getting around it. We're going to hit 100,000 in probably less than a week. Um, he is trying to turn this into another conversation and what the economy looks like after this is over, but it's not over because the stats are still coming in. He can't deny that. And, you know, there's nothing like 100,000 people dying to stop all the PR and all the nonsense. And he can't spin his way out of it. He won't spin his way out of it. There's nothing else really to say. The fact that he won't wear a mask is really related to his own vanity and his own PR you know, obsession. He doesn't want to be photographed in a mask. He doesn't want to be seen in a mask. He knows that a photo of him in a mask is the actual epitome of this thing reaching right into the White House, which it already has done. And that's why he's not wearing one. So, you know, he's, he's childlike. We know he's childlike. I think Joe Biden is going to get elected as a result of this and everything about everything else that's about to happen with regards to the economy, which is all going to happen on his watch. He can't blame anybody else, can't blame Barack Obama or anybody else. And basically, he's trapped, and he knows it. Uh, Ebony, uh, surely as a doctor, it has to offend you when you hear this woman in Florida say she was fired because she refused uh, to fudge the numbers when we know the wrong numbers were given out by the state of Georgia. And then now you have the federal uh, folks, Trump's people, uh, challenging the CDC, saying that uh, their estimates are too high. I would think... Uh, look, as, 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 as a medical professional, you want to trust the medical people with numbers, not the political people. I mean, it's incredibly insulting, uh, considering the fact that many people are literally risking their lives to show up daily to the hospital. And the way that we are best protected is that we have fewer people coming in infected. And so if everyone can serve their part, you know, the better that we can actually, I don't know, live too. But the fact that he's trying to um, basically lie in plain sight, I can blame him, and I do blame him. But honestly, my question is, where are the check and checks and balances in politics? And that's who I question, is why is this allowed to still happen? And it's been happening now for three months. And I'm just wondering, where, where are the senators? Where is the 25th Amendment? When are we going to say this is, this is done? because he's being reckless. Well, here... 
Well, here's the deal. That's not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to do that, Scott. Uh, the Republican Party has uh, circled the wagons from day one. Uh, they do not want to tick him off or his base. They don't want to get blasted in tweets. But here's the interesting. I haven't seen Dr. Fauci since he testified before Congress last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I think what you see here is you have Trump and his uh, and his uh, and his imps. Uh, upset that Fauci was getting the level of attention. And so what do you do? You sideline him. Now, granted, he did go into quarantine because self-quarantine, but guess what? Laptop still works. Zoom still works. Skype still works, even if you're in self-quarantine. And I think I think what you're seeing here by this administration is they do not want to tell the truth. And, and I keep telling people, hashtag Trump lies matter. I just believe nothing that comes out of his mouth unless it is verified and proof is offered up by somebody else. Yeah, you know, uh, Roland, and to uh, your other guest, this is really dangerous stuff. You know, uh, this is like something out of the Twilight Zone, the fact that we're talking about the president of the United States ignoring science, calling the originally that the disease was a hoax. But he's so caught up in politicizing the coronavirus that now he's a walking manifestation of his denial. I don't think he's taking that drug. I think he's like the carnival barker who just makes up anything and, and goes from there and just walks within that lie. Uh, he won't wear a mask because that is the opposite of what he feels or thinks about this pandemic. He won't exercise social or physical distancing because that is the manifestation of reality and it's not the manifestation of what he's operating in his world. And so he won't comply with what the what the country and what the world has learned. And so this is dangerous, though. We, we know that when he said to take Lysol or bleach or suggested it, that we saw an increase in emergency room visits. He's now taking this drug as, as an obese human being who probably has heart issues because if you're obese, your heart pumps more blood and is subject to heart disease based on his diet, but he's taking that drug anyway. His bully pulpit is manufacturing his politics and his followers will follow him in not having a mask and taking this drug that is a dangerous drug and it is just pure denial. Now he's walking manifestation of it. Question is how many will follow? And there are a lot of GOP and a lot of that 40% who support him no matter what that will follow. So in effect, he's really making the circumstance worse for his followers and Americans beyond just making it worse for himself. So here's what jumps out, uh, Dr. Hill. I want to ask you this here. Uh, California. Uh, top educators there have said uh, that schools will not reopen unless everyone has a mask on. Uh, we also are hearing, uh, I was, I was, someone tweeted earlier, and I think I sent you a tweet, that someone, an ex, a medical expert at MSNBC said uh, cloth masks are virtually useless when it comes to coronavirus. Uh, what, what are you uh, telling our people about that? Now, I, I know you have one of those super-duper, uh, you know, huge masks. Look, that, that's for medical professionals. Uh, but, what, but what about the people who are saying that cloth masks serve no purpose? Because I saw, I saw one uh, story that said uh, that pe- if people wearing masks, it decreases your chance of getting coronavirus by 75%. So, what, so right. what, what advice do we trust on masks and what masks to wear and what not to wear? Right. 
and quite honestly, to be completely truthful, there is a lot about the coronavirus that we don't know. What we do know is that it's transmitted primarily through the large droplets. So when we're saying to wear the mask, is it because it filters out the virus? Absolutely not. The cloth mask that you made out of the bandana or the t-shirt or even the simple surgical mask does not filter out the virus. And what does that, what does that mean? The virus is very, very small down to 0.2 microns. So it can literally fit through the, the, the fabrics interlacing, right? Um, but what that cloth mask does is it prevents that large droplet that if someone, particularly if someone is infected and they cough, those large droplets won't hit you directly in your face and get directly into your airway. Um, but that's why we say in addition to the, if the, if the mask alone was sufficient, we wouldn't say wear a mask and six feet, right? We're trying to basically create as much space in between you and the coronavirus in itself. But Honestly, um, even with the N95 mask, we're not sure if those actually filter out all of the virus too. The one that you see me wear at work, which I will not show <laughs> for the um, for the audience, but it's a respirator, a P100 mask, and that one tends to be the most effective in filtering out the smallest of particles. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very uncomfortable. Um, it's not readily available. Um, you'll see construction workers and painters also wearing this type of mask. Um, when they're doing their duties, but um, but yeah, but the truth of the matter is, do we still say wear your simple mask and wear your cloth mask? Yes, because we don't want if someone particularly is infected, they're coughing those large droplets off. We're trying to prevent as much of that as possible from getting directly into your airway. All right, you lucked up because uh, we can't pull up my iPad uh, on this uh, other switcher here because I was actually going to show uh, one of those photos that you have sent me of that huge mask that 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 that, that you're wearing, uh, Jason. I'm going to uh, I want to swing back to you again. This whole this whole little silly fight that you see with these people acting the fool out here, don't want to wear the mask, oh, this, I'm, I'm free, but we're free, about freedom in this country. You know what? Here's my whole deal. If, if they want to have some mass party and go somewhere and just, you just infect each other, baby, knock yourselves out. But <laughs> the people who are bearing the brunt of this are the people who are these essential workers on the front lines. They have no choice. And, and so the sheer arrogance of these people, and yes, it's coming from Donald Trump when he's so arrogant, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm not doing this. In fact, w was he at Ford today or was that tomorrow when he's visiting the Ford plant? Where initially the Ford plant said anybody walking this plant must have a mask on. Then they were like, well, you know, that's up to the White House and folks to, to determine what they want to do. But like the Mayo, but the, but the Mayo Clinic, when they said everybody has to wear a mask and Pence chooses not to wear one, then later he goes, you know what, I, I, I should have wore one. These, these idiots out here are following these nuts off a cliff. Right, and first of all, we, we need to understand that this is not really, those protests in Michigan and other places, they're not really about even opening up. They're just po big political rallies, like Gretchen Whitmer said. If you're talking about being free, you don't wave Confederate flags. That doesn't make sense. If you're going to talk about freedom, you don't wave Confederate flags. You don't block an ambulance. You're talking about opening up, but you block the streets. You know, that doesn't make any sense. 
an ambulance couldn't get into the bay for 10 minutes in one case in, in Detroit. So all of this, or in Lansing and, and somewhere in Michigan. So all of this is nonsense. It's a political rally. It's a political move. People say they need to get their hair dyed and they'd rather see other people die. You know, <laughs> I, I think that this is just, like you said, complete arrogance comes from Donald Trump. It's all about trying to rally his base. This is why he tweets out, liberate this place or liberate that place. Um, and, you know, he realizes this has serious consequences because the longer this goes on, people are recognizing not only are they talking about the deaths and the sickness, but they're also talking about the fact that he was not prepared and that caused the, an even bigger economic uh, fallout from all of this. And this is yeah. all falling at his feet. So it's all a distraction technique. It's not really about, you know, opening up. I don't even think. I think it's really just some sort of political rally to get people riled up. It's certainly not about freedom in any kind of way. And that's exactly what it is, Scott. What you're dealing is it's defiance. It's white anger. It's stoking them and to piss them off because Donald Trump needs pissed off white people in order <laughs> to win in November. Well, well, Roland, what would your discussion be if the great irony came to be that Donald Trump contracted the virus because of his recklessness? I don't wish that on anyone. But as I watch him drimp and, and process and walk through and have this Superman mentality against this tiny germ, I can't help but believe that the possibility, or he's opening up himself personally to the possibility of getting COVID and he's in his 70s. What would our discussion be then, and what would the GOP say then? Because this is dangerous for him uh, physiologically as it is politically and physiologically for all of us. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Well, I, I, I do get it, Lauren, and that is, again, white anger is what fueled him in 2016. He needs white anger. So what's the whole deal? Get white folks mad at government in Virginia in Maryland, in Minnesota. Oh, you, in, uh, white folks going crazy in Georgia. And look, these are not large numbers, but that's what, and then what happens? Conservative media drives white anger. Fox News, talk radio show hosts. That is what has sustained, that's what the Tea Party was about, that's what his election was about. It's white anger. And, the, and they're looking at what the numbers are, they're looking at who's dying. Even the majority of people who are dying are white, Disproportionately, who's impacted black and brown people? They're like, that ain't us. We don't care. Well, wow. yeah. The Tea Party, of course, <laughs> was about stopping the black guy from doing stuff. The problem with the white anger strategy is that, you know, in politics, anytime you do anything to accelerate one side, the other side notices and then comes out. So basically, what you're doing with his little plan, what he's doing with his little plan of white anger is he's doing a African American GOTV campaign. Uh, and that's really what Donald Trump is, a self-contained African-American GOTV campaign. Uh, I, I think the numbers are going to be different for Joe Biden than they were for Hillary Clinton. Uh, I think that everybody is getting on the same page with the fact that our president is one of the most dangerous in American history. I don't think there's any really real dispute about that. I don't necessarily think this is going to be a particularly close election, but it's going to come down to some key states, as it always does, key five or six states. I just don't think we're going to see Joe Biden make the same errors that Hillary did. 
And uh, you can, you know, Fox News can play around all it wants, but there is nothing that is going to um, spin out of the fact that there's going to be over 100,000 Americans who died uh, from COVID. They, they cannot, this is the one time, this is the one thing that they, they're not going to be able to get out of. And, and you can see the games. They're bringing up Barack Obama. You know, before they had the Hillary hate Hillary, you know, everything about Hillary. Now they don't have anything, really. They don't have anything to hate, which is what, unfortunately, this modern iteration of the Republican Party has become about. What do we hate? What do we? What is it that we don't like? What is it that we're against? And so now they're trying to bring up Barack Obama again, and I just think it's, it's going to fail miserably and be embarrassing. Dr. Hilton, what, uh, let's talk about this Kawasaki disease. What have you been, what have you and your fellow doctors been hearing about that and how this is impacting children? Earlier you said, look, you know, it's so much about this that we don't know, and it's just this constant game of catch-up. Now, Dr. Fauci and others have talked about how children are being impacted, and then when you have people like Senator Rand Paul and others who are saying, open the schools back up, medical pros are saying, hey, hold up, we don't know yet how this is impacting kids. It's incredibly reckless to me. You know, I think um, of two different groups of people should be sacred in our nation. That should be kids and the elderly. And we have shown zero respect for either of those groups. And when we're looking at this, so we call it the post-inflammatory syndrome. And it very closely resembles that of Kawasaki um, um, disease. But what it is is that there's an inflammatory process that happens along the vascular system. And what we're seeing with these kids is they're having issues with the um, arteries of their heart, um, the arteries of their, their, their kidneys, their GI tract. Um, in fact, in the United States right now, we have 100 cases in 14 different states. And so from the very beginning when they were touting this, oh, kids are safe, my biggest thing on Twitter was, we cannot say kids are safe when we don't even we haven't seen enough to know. And I think this is we're starting to see now the trickling in of these cases. And unfortunately, when we're talking about truly the impact that we will have with COVID-19, we are just now, I think, in the next couple of weeks to months, are going to see the second wave of this. Because you have to remember, back in January, we only had a few cases in New York, California, and Washington, right? And within weeks, we shut down the entire country, pretty much, and we all stayed at home. And even with that much effort, we still have close to 95,000 Americans who have died at this point. Well, we've now opened up the economy, right? Friday um, on the 18th, we opened up um, Virginia. So with that, we now, instead of having a couple hundred people scattered throughout the nation, we now have millions. We have at least 1.5 documented confirmed cases of COVID-19 within America. And so now in every city, in every zip code of every state, you now have a vector that's walking around. And so the true mounting that we're going to see in this second cycle, that's what scares me, because that's what's going to resemble the 1918 pandemic. So, uh, so uh, first of all, I'm going to show this here. Uh, you don't want to show this photo, but here's a problem. You put this photo on Twitter. <laughs> So it's a little hot. So you can't. So it's not like you hit make it public. So nice try, uh, Doctor Hilton. This is that. You, this, <laughs> yes, you did. You put on your Twitter feed. This is that huge mask of yours uh, that looks like you're in Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> that you keep on. You wear it like 15 hours straight, tape hey. down and everything. So nice try. I wasn't gonna show it, 
But since I saw a similar one on your Twitter feed, that was that was when we were talking on the phone. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. I'm about to text you a link, and when you see this link that you posted on May 1st, 2020, then you're gonna be like, damn, he busted me. Uh, All right. So let me. Ah, see, 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 baby, Doc. Let me explain something to you. I always have receipts. I always have receipts. Always. That's right. Always have receipts. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Whatever. Whatever you want to say. Uh, let me do this here. I gotta ask you one more thing, and I'm bringing the panel into this as well. Testing. We're we're hearing about this Abbott test giving all these false tests, false positives, uh, false negatives as well. Jeez, what the hell are we supposed to trust out here if the testing is off? What What's going on? If you go back through my Twitter feed, I, I can't remember the date, but this was several <laughs> weeks ago as well, where I literally said to Donald Trump when he was touting these tests, I said, what's the sensitivity and specificity of these tests? Because what I was concerned about was when we privatized this, when we said, hey, private companies and corporations that can make money off of these things, if you get a test out quick enough, we'll be using it. We didn't have a chance to truly validate that through the FDA as we typically would. And so what we're seeing with the Abbott test, for instance, that's the one that he had the box. We all saw it. We had this grandstanding of, oh, this is the new test we're going to use that has um, results within five to 15 minutes. Um, I knew that was going to be a problem. And what we're seeing is that they have false negative rates of upwards of 48 percent, I think it was. Um, so on average, with the COVID-19 test, we, we know that there's what we call false negatives of that range roughly between 10 to, to usually about 30 percent is the, the false negative spectrum. Now, what does that mean? Um, that means for, for instance, if you had a false negative rate of 33 percent, and that means one in every three persons that tested that that tested um, and they came back negative, they were actually positive. Um, now, why is that? The problem is that with these tests, it depends on when you're tested. So basically, how much virus are you actually um, expelling? We call it your viral load. So how much are you producing? It also depends on how this test and sample was collected. So if the person, and when they're swabbing inside of your nose, this Q-tip is about yay long, right? It needs to go directly to the back of your throat. That's very, it's not the most comfortable um, comfortable thing, but that's where you're gonna get the highest sampling um, for this test to be valid. And you have to leave it there for 14 seconds as you're twisting it back and forth and then go into the other nostril as well. And some patients tolerate that a little bit better than others. Um, so it's the timing of, of when you actually get the test. You can get the test too early in your disease process. You can get the test too late in your disease process. So although you are positive, the test is not showing up as positive. And so that's why we say, as far as your, your doctors will say, we're using that test as a one of the list of things that we're checking off. But if you're symptomatic and your test is negative, we still want you to treat yourself as if you are a positive, period. Uh, Jason, uh, actually, I'm going to Lauren first. Lauren, that whole point about testing Again, this is the problem that you have. People need to trust 
that these things are going to work. And and what this administration is all about, fast, 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 can solve this thing so the stock market can go up and I can give back talking about the economy. I'm tired of talking about this whole deal. That's what's driving this. This administration, Donald Trump does not want to take the time to deal with the health crisis. He only sees this thing as an economic crisis because for him, that's the only thing he cares about when it comes to re-election. Yeah, and I think he also just only sees this as a PR crisis. Uh, obviously, yes, he does see it as an economic crisis as related to him getting re-elected in November. So testing gets in the way because now I've got to actually make decisions and I have to lead and make choices about what type of testing, who does the test. Of course, what we're finding is that Jared Kushner was out there, you know, hiring his buddies to procure PPE, hiring companies that they knew. I mean, their whole thing is to funnel money to their friends. So when the, when the motivation is not about science and the motivation is not about the facts, and the motivation is not about data to save lives in the future. The motivation is about PR and getting elected in November. Obviously, that's a different set of decisions. I mean, clearly, that's a different set of decisions. This president has never taken the lead on how to uh, deal with this crisis and given the states some guidance about how it should be dealt with. You're unlikely to see, for example, a federal plan with regard to how the schools will open, either on the collegiate level or on the high school level, you know, and under. And now states are going to have to make those decisions themselves as well, just as they had to do for testing. So it's a lack of leadership. And what it does is it forces state and local leaders to make these decisions. And it will continue until he is out of office. Scott, if I can't trust the testing, guess what? People are not going to go out. They're not going to go to restaurants. They're not going to do all these things that people are talking about. And that's what it boils down to. This is a, this is a multiple p thing here. They have to trust. They have to trust testing. They have to trust tracing. I'm telling you right now. Look, I've got two nieces. There's no way in hell I'm going to send my nieces into a school mm -hmm. unless I'm sure they are, I'm sure they are safe. And so Trump and Jared and Ivanka and all of them can be trying to look. The, the nation ain't falling for it. Yeah, it's going to be a few folks out there running out to bars and restaurants and going to concerts. But majority of the people, they're like, mm -mm, not when you got almost 100,000 people who are dead. And this is, and the thing about this whole deal, which Dr. Hilton knows, this, real, this is not like I had sex, I got HIV, and Magic Johnson, who was diagnosed in 91, this is 2020, he's still living. No. These are people who get it, and they gone in a week or two That's weeks. Right. That's right. Well, if you can't trust the testing, I'll add one more point to your uh, your presentation. We're jacked if we can't trust the testing, to be honest with you. And to supplement what the good doctor said, uh, think about the 33 percent. 10 to 13, 10 to 30 percent are false negatives. That means if you got a thousand tests. 330 of them are going to have a false negative, right? Which means that you're a carrier. And then you're going to leave and say, oh, I'm safe. So then I'm going to go to those bars. I'm going to say that I'm safe. I'm going to go. And what if I'm a super carrier where I'm in social settings and I'm just passing? It's just jumping from one person to another, like in prisons, like on a ship, um, where, or nursing homes, if you will, uh, or on a Navy ship, right? That's the danger of the false negatives. And on the other hand, if you're a false positive, look at all you're going through because you think you have the disease and you're a statistic and you're really not. 
And so this is really, this, this false testing is really negative and, and it's not really helping us. And then if you get a second wave in the fall, like I said, we're really going to be jacked. It is even more dangerous to false testing than just getting the test and taking it. We've got to do something to fix it, starting with Abbott and some of these other manufacturers of these tests. Jason, real quick. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, number one, uh, I wish I had the confidence uh, that Ms. Burke had about the, the election. I'm not so sure that I have that same confidence, even though everything she has stated has been 100% logical and it makes sense. What we learned in 2016 is that Americans don't always think logically. So I, you know, I, I wish I had that confidence. I'm hoping to be able to build it by November, but I'm not there yet. And you know, everything Scott said is absolutely correct. You know, when you, uh, you know, not only just going out to bars, but you're gonna go and kiss your granny. You know what I mean? Well, go you're gonna, to you're gonna uh, put other people who are in danger. You're gonna go and visit your grandparents or, or other or your friend who has diabetes and put them in serious danger. Even if you are a carrier who shows no symptoms, who's asymptomatic, you can put a lot of other people in danger, not just in a social setting, but even if you are quarantined in your house. My mother-in-law is here. She has pre-existing conditions. If I were to get, you know, the virus and bring it home, it could put her life in danger. That's right. That's right. Um, Dr. Hilton, Dr. Hilton, I do want to ask you this here. C. Elizabeth Warren tweeted today, HHS should be embarrassed by the lazy, incomplete 2.5-page copy-and-paste job it calls a report on the racial disparities of COVID-19 cases. I'm going to keep fighting until we get this monthly demographic data as required by law. Now, of course, uh, we you have that. A lot of people are also just, again, asking these critical questions because what you're dealing with is an administration that is not really giving out uh, uh, enough information. You've had CBC members, you've had state legislators who are saying you have to track this thing uh, by, by, uh, with racial data. As a doctor, explain to the audience why it's important to break down this data this way and why you need comprehensive data. Well, for one, you need comprehensive data in, in two folds when you're talking about a pandemic. Um, for one, with the testing, the way that we construct vaccines, for instance, is to do sampling of those who have been infected. And if your pool of those who have been tested is not diverse, if it's not inclusive of black people, white people, um, Hispanic and Native Americans, then it can really make the safety profile of your vaccine kind of compromised. And that's why it takes so long for a true vaccine to be produced because you do want to have that diversity of, of sampling that's had. Now, the other thing is, it's the reason why it's important is because every American in every life matters. And so if we're seeing that certain populations are dying at higher rates, then we need to figure out the why of that. And if you look at it, the, um, the very first article, because you know I got pretty active on Twitter immediately when I first heard of COVID coming out, and the, the first journalist that caught wind of that was um, actually out of BuzzFeed. And they printed an article um, on me on March the 22nd. And at that time, we had a total of 350 deaths within the United States. So fast forward 60 days later, and we have 90,000 extra. And, is, and that's how fast this thing is moving. And even before we had data on this, what I was saying was, we need truth and transparency. We need to release the data on who you're actually testing. Um, 
and at this point, the CDC, they are being very, I think, reckless and not forthcoming in what they're releasing. The first report they had was of 14 states, of which only two had a population of um, African Americans of 30% and greater, and the remainder had as low as 1.2%, um, like Iowa and, and Idaho. Why are we looking, if we're truly trying to figure out racial health disparities, then why are you trying to stack the numbers in this case and, and add the majority of Caucasian um, heavily populated states to do an analysis? And even of the states they reported, there are only, I, I want to say, 1,400 total patients that they were looking at. And even all of those patients didn't even have the race and ethnicity identified. So there's a reason why you try to hide things. And, and the only reason why you try to hide things is if you know that there are things that have been done that is not right. Um, and so we as a nation need to start holding these institutions accountable and say, you must take care of all of us equally. And that means testing, tracing, and treatment options need to be made available to all. All right. Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for joining us today in Roland Martin and the Filter. And uh, folks want to follow you, where should they reach you? Well, I'm on Twitter, of course, of which, again, I did not have that picture on my Twitter feed, <laughs> but uh, I'm on Twitter at Ebony J. Hilton, or you can reach me on Facebook, also Ebony J. Hilton, <laughs> or on Instagram, it's jhilton See, see, I, see, you know what, I don't, see, I, I was, I was going to leave it alone. I was going to leave it alone, you know, but, you know, but, but, but you kept just, you kept, you know, so sometimes you got to take this out of with it and you just sit okay? here. It was a long day. No, 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 no. I, I understand it was a long day. See, now you got me sitting here. I, I was really, I was really trying I hard. Breathe. I was, I, I had, say it again. It was not See, on my you're making feet. me scroll through. Okay, uh, switch to this, please. Switch this shot. Y'all, y'all, switch the shot. Y'all, this is a tweet. Uh, COVID-19, these masks. These masks hurt. Physically leave bruises in your face from the pressure. Okay, I forgot about uh, that. This is the this is the photo. This is the photo right here. This is the. Oh, you forgot. I forgot. I was hungry. Listen, that was a long day. I'm trying to tell you. It, you literally. No, no, no. Everything, I got all that. But you you said you did not post a photo of you and your mask on your Twitter feed. Scott, did you, Scott, did you hear that? That's my bad. I don't really remember. I don't really remember what she said. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, oh, Lauren, Lauren, <laughs> the lawyer don't remember. I appreciate that, okay? Okay, because I, I don't remember Dr. either. Listen, I was, I was sick and shut in. Our first responders are, you know, are working so hard that I think we can give her a bye on this one. <laughs> I think we can give her a, uh, we give her That's a bye. You know, Roman, she was so dead. Jason, Jason, no, I ain't never wrong. Jason, she was way, Jason, she was way too adamant. Hey, but that picture was a different photo. Oh, wait, hold on a second. That picture was a different photo. Uh oh. It was. That was a more washed out. But you, but you had. No, 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 and I am dead. Are y'all done? Are y'all done? I don't know, man. That, that sounds like uh, Trump logic to me, Scott. 
You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> precisely. Precisely. She said... Whatever. Whatever. You put a photo of you in a mask, I'm going to show you in a mask. Dr. Eric J. Hilton, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. All right, folks. Thanks a lot. Going to a break, and we come back on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, I keep telling y'all, Trump, House Republicans, Senate Republicans, Republicans across the country on these states, they're going to do all they can to steal this election, to suppress the vote. I will further explain when we come back on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. All right, folks, uh, a Texas judge has ruled that people should not have to have a reason to vote that the coronavirus is enough for them to get an absentee ballot. Don't be shocked if Republicans are going to appeal the decision of uh, San Antonio Judge, District Judge Fred Byery, okay? Uh, He laid out the Equal Protection Clause as a reason for it. Now, of course, uh, Donald Trump today was whining, complaining, calling it illegal. He actually said it was illegal what Michigan was doing by mailing out applications to all 7.7 million of its citizens. Here's the problem, y'all. The voters in Michigan approved this in 2018. And what's also funny is that Donald Trump singled out Secretaries of State in that are Democrats saying this is illegal. But he left out that Republican Secretaries of State are doing the exact same thing. Then he conflated sending out like idiots like Charlie Kirk, conflated sending out an application for a ballot, mail-in ballot, as the same as sending out mail-in ballots. These people, y'all, are absolutely Crazy. Let me know if our guest William Roberts is on the line. Is he there? William Roberts, he's the managing director for democracy and government reform at the Center for American Progress. William, I have been saying this. I have been covering voter suppression for more than a decade. What you're seeing here is an assault by Republicans. They have actually said publicly what they don't want us to know. The uh, official in Georgia said, man, we do mail-in voting. We're going to lose everything. That's what we're dealing with. William, go ahead. Right. No, I mean, you're absolutely correct, Roland. Um, What we're seeing is Republicans trying to weaponize voting by mail, which has statistically not been a partisan issue. Um, For years, uh, both Democrats and Republicans in states around the country voted by mail. And so the Texas case is a 
a classic case of, of what you're going to see more of where Republicans are going to try through the courts and through intimidation, like we saw today with President know. Trump, dissuade people from being able to, to exercise their right to vote. What they're doing, and so they—they are—they—they already have plans to spend upwards of fifty million dollars to fight right. mail-in voting. They do not want everybody getting a mail-in ballot. Right. Yeah. They've—they've they've announced sort of a, a national campaign. They—they—if I'm not mistaken—they announced it on Twitter, uh, saying that they had a Death Star campaign ready to attack people's rights to vote. Um, during the pandemic from home. It is it is something, uh, as a, you know, a guest of yours said before, that you would read in the Twilight Zone or see in the Twilight Zone. And um, it's just really um, anathema to anything uh, having to do with the principles of democracy and fairness. And you see in state after state, you mentioned Texas and Alabama um, and so many other states where um, state officials are giving uh, contrary, uh, contrary opinions on vote by mail because they're following Donald Trump. You saw his tweets today, and I know you talked about it earlier, um, threatening Nevada and Michigan uh, for the simple act of mailing out absentee ballot applications, saying that it's illegal, which it's not. Um, and so you, you, you see this effort going full bore across the country, and, uh, you know, folks are going to have to um, fight it in the courts. You know, organizations and states are going to be fighting it in the courts, but individual people, it's so important that individuals be able to, to vote by mail and also um, that they, we start checking our, our uh, voter registration status now just to make sure that we are good to go come November for these primaries. Scott, the reason this is a joke, uh, Ari Berman just hit this tweet out. Top Republicans who voted by mail were requested absentee ballots. Donald <laughs> Trump, Mike Pence, Melania, Ivanka, Jared, Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Larry Cutlow, top economic advisor, Wilbur Ross, of course, the Commerce <coughs> Secretary, Esper, the head of the Pentagon, and Rona McDaniel Romney, the head of the Republican Party. Yeah, so it's exactly. a man, he's, he said, GOP only opposes mail voting when Democrats use it. Exactly, because that should be the Democratic response to any fight against mail-in uh, voting, the list of those names, because Donald Trump, Donald Trump said actually on the air that that was different, that he had to because he lived in Florida. That was okay. But it, it is the height of ignorance and the depth of, uh, of, uh, of arrogance, if you will, this argument. They're, they're just grasping at straws right now. And by the way, they don't attack, it, I was lo looking at a report today, they don't attack the Republican-led, the Republican governor-led state who have sent out uh, ballot applications as well. I, I think it's either Nevada, you can pull it up. It, it's a couple of states that were in this report, I think it was the Washington Post, that named two or three Republican governors who had endorsed and sent out uh, ballot applications, which flies completely in the face of the GOP's argument that we're going to fight uh, this mail-in ballot. That Texas jurisdiction or that Texas case uh, the, the judge, the federal judge there just found it laughable that you want to impose their right to vote at the risk of them being sick. He said it was, it, it was incredible that the government would make that argument. They're going to appeal it, and they're going to appeal it to the Fifth Circuit, which is a historically a very conservative circuit. But even here with these facts and these arguments, uh, there's just really no 
appropriate legal relief for the states that are going to be doing this, but we'll see. William, we are seeing, of course, that data is coming out showing the increase in coronavirus as a result of those fools making people go vote in person. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's right. Exactly. You know, and <clears throat> as Scott mentioned, it, it is just the height of hypocrisy in states like West Virginia and Iowa. Um, Georgia, I think, is another one where the Republican Secretary of State have sent out um, applications for absentee ballots, and Trump had nothing to say about it, but um, he had something to say about it for, quote-unquote, blue states. And you were right, as, uh, as our government is unable right now to control, contain the spread of the virus, you know, flatten the curve, um, what folks are asking for is common sense, right, just to allow people uh, the ability to vote from their homes, to vote from a safe place and not have to go out. Because we saw, and we've talked about this before, um, in Wisconsin, for instance, where we've, we've tested this experiment out already, right, where people had to risk their lives to go out mm -hmm. and vote. And we saw um, where state systems were inundated with requests for absentee ballots, didn't have um, enough time, perhaps, to send them out to enough people. And so you had people receiving ballots after the election, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, this stuff is, they're, they're overly complicating <laughs> on purpose, right? Because this is not ignorance. This is a strategy designed to make it so that yeah. people can exercise their right to vote this, this November. We've got to push against it. We've got to fight against it in state houses. We've got to fight against it um, at the federal level. We talked about we need that additional money for, uh, for mail-in ballots and these future coronavirus packages. But we got to be really, really clear-eyed about what they are doing. Concerted effort to stop people from exercising their right. Yeah. Hey, if, 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 in fact, Lauren, I'm reading something here. So uh, Kaylee McEnany uh, said today, this is her trying to defend this nonsense. She goes, you can go look at this up on ProPublica. There is a bipartisan consensus on that mass mail and voting can lead to fraud. Now, what's funny is that uh, Jessica no Huseman, who wrote the story, no hold on, hold on, Jessica, Jessica, hold on. Jessica Huseman, who wrote the story, said, hello, press sec. Thanks for citing my work, but I wish you had put what I wrote in context. The article says all forms of voter fraud are rare, including mailed ballot fraud, and it describes specific steps that states can take to minimize any issues. I call that a clapback, Lauren. Yeah, pretty good clapback there. You know, <laughs> you know, Katie McEnany is a, is a pathological liar, which is why she is the director of communications for Donald Trump. It's actually a perfect fit. Uh, you know, with regards to the tweet that you referenced from Ari Berman that says it's absolutely insane, Texas Republicans taking a position that people under 65 can't vote by mail because of COVID, it's actually not insane. It's Republican policy. And it's been Republican policy to make it difficult for people to vote for years. There's nothing new about this. They don't, they have no longer been the party of adding people to the party or trying to do things to add people to the party or trying to do things to convince people that the Republican Party is better than the Democratic Party. Their entire strategy is to have a base election and then stop Democrats and Democratic constituencies, Democratic base constituencies from voting. That is their strategy. There's nothing new about this. This is what they're going to do. Russia's probably going to help them again. And they are no longer a party trying to attempt to convince anybody of anything, really. They're just trying to go their base out and stop other people from voting. And that's what this is. 
Jason, your thoughts on, again, what we're seeing and that I think is, gonna, is just going to continue between now and November. They're going to attack at every turn. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with everything that's been said. Uh, I, I think even not bailing out the, uh, <clears throat> the U.S. Postal Service is a means of, of trying to keep this from happening because right. they see that mail-in voting is going to be a big part of the election. I think that, you know, they're going to do everything they can to suppress votes and to keep people from voting. The, the smaller uh, the pool of voters, the better Republicans do. The larger the pool of voters, the better Democrats do. And that's always been conventional wisdom for the, for the last half a century plus. Uh, so I think they're, they're going to try the same kind of things, the same kind of dirty tricks. We know that more people, like in Florida, over a million uh, people who have been convicted of felonies are now reenfranchised. They have to do something to truncate that, to, to keep those people from voting. And so trying to stop mail-in votes is one aspect of that. All right. William Roberts, man, we appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, you guys will stay on top of this and so of our civil rights organization. So we look forward to uh, the work continuing. See you next time. All right, sir. Thanks a lot. Folks, uh, this crazy story out of Georgia. 11-year-old Skylar Davis from Aiken, Georgia, is speaking out about being assaulted by a white woman who thought she was stealing her mail. Skylar was picking up her, her, her grandmother's mail when she was attacked by Elizabeth Shirey. Now, it trying to figure out why this is going on. Uh, we're about to talk to the attorney for Skyler, Justin Bamberg. Uh, once he, and so once he uh, comes on, we'll uh, definitely... Uh, is Justin there? Yep, I'm here. Can you see me? All right. Yes, uh, Justin, uh, looks like you're there with Skyler, correct? There we go. Sorry about that. All right. So, so gotcha. So we have... Uh, is it just you or is it you and Skyler? It's, it's just me. Okay, gotcha. So, Justin, what, 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 what the hell? So, she attacked Skylar because she was picking up mail? Absolutely. It's uh, utterly ridiculous. Um, effectively, man, her grandma asked her to go and go to the mailbox. And she does. She gets this mail. And literally, this 38-year-old white lady sees this child standing by her mailbox. Presumes, of course, she has to be a felon, and she stole it. Uh, and she rolls up on her and assaults her, man. But see, th this is what I keep trying to tell people: we're operating in this space where white folks think they can just do whatever to black people, uh, and no repercussions. Yeah, that's a very, very big problem. Um, you know, to make matters worse, Roland. After she realized that this girl was completely innocent, she offered her cookies. Um, I've seen some people refer to her as the cookie monster. Um, you know, I think people just need to realize they don't run the world. They're not God. And they need to quit prejudging people. You know, we've seen you can't dog while black. Uh, if you're Ahmed Arbery, you can't eat ice cream in your apartment while black if you're Boston Jeans. Uh, you can't apparently get the mail as an 11-year-old child while black. And this is ridiculous. Uh, and I can't help but think, you know, having been involved in the civil rights arena, um, if you think 
back to Trayvon Martin, if you look at um, Corn Thomas and Raleigh, right, what's going on right now in Georgia, there's an uptick lately, and I can't help but think that it's coming out of the White House. Um, you know, people are emboldened like they haven't been in a, in a while, and a lot of it is because of what Donald Trump spews out of his mouth in D.C. Well, uh, so where so where does the case stand right now? Where we're at right now, uh, things are just pending in the, the criminal justice process. Uh, the lady has been charged. You know, we're fortunate that she was charged that very day. Uh, and we're waiting on it to run its course. A big part of this, uh, and I asked Scholar, I said, Scholar, you know, were you scared? And she said, no, not really. Um, you have two choices you can make. You can uh, be afraid, and that leads to fear, and you run. Or you can face your fears and rise above. So a big part of her standing up is literally to let the world know that at 11 years old, she understands that this is not right, uh, but she's not going to let this defeat her. She's a straight-A student, Roland. She's a part of the Duke TIP program. Um, you know, she shouldn't have been attacked, but she's not going to let it beat her. And uh, I hope this, this woman, this, this criminal who assaulted her, is embarrassed. I hope that it's uncomfortable for her. Uh, because we've got to start making examples out of people who cross the line, who judge minorities, right? even if you don't kill them. Right? In this instance, this is an assault. But nonetheless, an injustice is an injustice. All right. Attorney Justin Bamberg. We surely appreciate it, man. Thanks, about keep us, keep, thanks a lot. Keep us updated on this case. Absolutely. And uh, 06 to you, Roland. All right, I appreciate this, Scott. I know Scott Bolden is sickened by that because uh, it's li it's a little hard. It's a little hard for him to handle. Uh, His interview is over. Your interview is over, sir. <laughs> it's a little hard for him to handle. Uh, it's hard for you, him brother. to handle. Uh, uh, all the alphas on here. Uh, I, I'm, uh, Lauren, I'm going to go to you on this one. I, I'm telling you, Lauren, th 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 these white folks out here, Lauren, really are losing their minds. They just they are losing their minds. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a matter of people thinking for some reason that they have agency to do whatever they want with you, question you. To me, the ultimate example was Trayvon Martin, although there's been so many other examples of people that think that they're the police over you, they can tell you what to do, which, of course, is nonsense. And I got to say, a day after Mar uh, Malcolm X's, uh, what would have been Malcolm X's 95th birthday, I mean, his attitude, I think, we need to really think seriously about adopting a lot of the things that he was saying. Because if people are thinking somehow that they can control what you're doing and, and, and your behavior, um, that's what makes them do it again and again. What dissuades them from doing it again and again is when you clap back hard. And mm -hmm. so part of what we're saying is we're too nice sometimes, quite frankly. Well, you had a guest on your show. This, this topic had come up before. He had said that we should be the ones calling the police. And that's true. <laughs> I mean, like, what is Although this? Although that's you, you dangerous for us. Well, that's dangerous yeah. for us to call the police, Lord. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe so, maybe not. But I'll tell you what, uh, this disposition that we have, that's all good and, and it's all, you know, it's fine and no big deal. That's what I right. think kind of in some ways, not to blame us for other people's stupid behavior, but that's what sometimes I think what makes people think that they can ride up on us with nonsense? Well, yeah, you, they, they, but they don't need really a reason. You know, the real dangerous part of this case 
about the 11-year-old just getting her grandmother's mail is really what could have happened and what we've seen happen before. What if this young lady had gotten her grandmother's mail and ran from this white lady, right? And then she had gotten a gun and chased the young girl. I mean, we've seen instances that have just been that crazy, right? One pending right now with a meds case uh, and chased her, chased her into her grandmother's or called the police and said this had occurred and the police come and the police are abusive to the grandmother and others in this home. This is the real danger of just this, or the woman being charged with assault. And the danger is that everything that I've said could have happened We've seen in reality it happen, including the loss of life. That's the biggest reason why this has to stop, whether we clap back harder, whether we call the police, whether we arm ourselves, whether we avoid situations, because we know how bad and how tragic it can turn out. This is not some fantasy. This is our reality as African-Americans in this country, and there's something really fundamentally wrong about that in this country, given our constitutional rights, and that are constantly being violated their challenge. Well, you know, one thing I think's really important here uh, when you mentioned fighting back um, mm-hmm. is even sometimes, if you look to the case of Brian Hayward, for example, uh, he was shot by a Charleston County deputy. That is a mm-hmm. case that myself and Chris Stewart handled. He was an innocent homeowner, you know, a 20-something-year-old African-American male. His house was being burglarized. And he is on the phone with 911, and when the deputies arrive, they instantly think he's the burglar and they shoot him. And he is now, he's paralyzed now for the rest of his life. You know, so, yeah, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful getting the mail. You know, you've got to be careful jogging. You've got to be careful calling the police. And the bigger question is, you know, how do we fix this outside of accountability? You know, do you you go for DAs like they're doing down in Brunswick? Um, Do you go for individuals who do little things uh, like simple assault? Uh, Do you keep going for people who commit murder? I mean, that is where I think the bulk of the discussion has to be is is where can we fix this? Yeah, but I don't think we're going to fix it through the criminal justice system. I'd like to think so because we're fellow lawyers. But the reality is, is that white supremacy... Uh, is taught. We're not born with it. White people aren't born with this white supremacy gene or this racist gene. And so the socioeconomic and and, and physical factors and results of white supremacy is what we're seeing the manifestation of. And so we got to start early and often with having a really thoughtful national dialogue on race relations and getting some level level of comfortability between all of us. Now that may sound broad and grand and what have you, but it's not. But but it's not that unrealistic because everything else we tried certainly hasn't worked. We're still in a bad place with race relations in this country. Yeah, we we All very right. much are, folks. Uh, I I I I gotta go to a break, folks. Uh, I'm about to pull up Teddy Riley next, and so I certainly appreciate both of you. Uh, first of all, Justin, thanks for being on the show. Uh, Scott, thanks a bunch. Long Thank Victoria you. Burke, thanks a bunch as well. Uh, I will see you Thank guys you. next time. Folks, going to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Teddy Riley. We're going to talk about technology and something he's doing with a black-owned site that's actually a boon for black artists when it comes to streaming their content. We'll discuss next right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered. 
right, so a lot of y'all always asking me about terms, some of the pocket squares that I wear. Now, I don't know. Robert don't have one on. Nope. Now, I don't particularly like the white pocket squares. I don't like even the silk ones. And so I was reading GQ magazine a number of years ago, and I saw uh, this guy who had this, this pocket square here, and it looks like a flower. Uh, this is called a shibori pocket square. This is how the Japanese manipulate the fabric to create this sort of flower effect. So I'm going to take it out and then place it in my hand so you see what it looks like. And I said, man, this is pretty cool. And so I tracked down, the. it took me a year to find a company that did it. Uh, and so uh, they did these about 47 different colors. And so I love them because, again, as men, we don't have many accessories to wear. So we don't have many options. Uh, and so this is really a pretty cool uh, pocket square. And what I love about this here is you saw uh, when it's uh, in, in the pocket, you know, it gives you that flower effect like that but if I wanted to also unlike other because if I flip it and turn it over it actually gives me a different type of texture and so therefore it gives me a different look so there you go so uh, if you actually want to uh, get one of these shibori pocket squares we have them in 47 different colors all you got to do is go to rollingthismartin.com forward slash pocket squares so it's rollingthismartin.com forward slash pocket squares. All you got to do is go to my website uh, and you can actually uh, get this. Now, for those of you who are members of our Bring the Funk fan club, there's a discount for you to get our pocket squares. That's why you also got to be a part of our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, and so that's what we want you to do. And so it's pretty cool. So if you want to jazz your look up, you can do that. In addition, uh, y'all see me with some of the feather pocket squares. My sister who's a designer. She actually makes these. They're all custom made. So when you also go to the website, Site, you can also order one of the customized uh, feather pocket squares uh, right there at rollingsmartin.com forward slash pocket squares. So please do so. And of course, uh, it goes to support the show. And again, if you're a Bring the Funk fan club member, you get a discount. This is why you should join the fan club. All right, folks, uh, every Wednesday here on Roller Martin Unfiltered, we have my technology segment. What is our goal? Our goal is to uh, get uh, our people focused on technology, show them some things they may not be aware of, uh, and be able to... Um, uh, speak to these larger issues in terms of us being able to control our content or run everything. So when they had the versus battle between Teddy Riley and Babyface, oh Lord, everybody was dogging Teddy, saying that he was wrong, he was doing too much. But I did a video, I was like, nah, I said, I see what Teddy was trying to do. Because Teddy Riley had complained about the limited nature of Instagram and what you can and cannot do. And so when he and I caught up uh, on the phone, we talked about it, and he, and he shared with me some things that he had done with Blackstreet with his black-owned platform called Omnis Player, O-M-N-I-S-P-L-A-Y-E-R. And so this is the website. This is the web interface right here. Uh, and so if you go to the site, this is what you will see right now. O-M-N-I-S-P-L-A-Y-E-R. And so uh, what you'll see there, you'll see they have these uh, live stream concerts, video on demand. Uh, Teddy Riley has one. Uh, they have one featuring Keith Sweat and Blackstreet, Melissa Etheridge, Snoop Dogg as well. Joining us right now is Teddy Riley. Teddy, how you doing, man? Wonderful, wonderful. How you doing, well? Uh, man, great, great to see you. When you and I talk, I really love this because, again, when, when you're at the initial battle, man, you had the cameras, you had all this sort of stuff, you had everything that was there, and people like, oh, man, but everything sounded fine on his website, uh, and, and he was doing too much. 
but they didn't quite understand that your vision was actually bigger than the versus battle. Yeah, it it, it, it is. And I have to say it is because, um, but then it was, and we didn't take advantage of it, and it didn't cost anybody anything. I don't believe in charging my people, especially around a time like this. If I can do free concerts, I'm going to do it, you know, and and it doesn't matter, you know. We, we will, you know, prosper on the other side if we can. If we can, it's fine. As long as we got the fans what they wanted, and that's what I wanted to do. You know, technology... We don't have a control of technology unless we do it ourselves. And the thing we were talking about here is that what you were doing, what you were doing was being able to provide it on the website because what you saw between you and Babyface, that was content. That was, and so why just limit the content just to the two of you on Instagram and then what this also is about being able to tap into it where you also are controlling data. You'll be able to have people who are coming back. Now, with Omnis Player, people are able to, your concert on, on Mother's Day, I saw Silk and Key Sweat on there as well. And what's interesting is that all these artists out here are doing it. There's another company out here, I'm gonna bring it, I'm gonna bring it up in a second, where they're mm -hmm. doing these live concerts, you know, for artists. And they're making money. The lion shares the money. Your whole deal is like, no, black folks and the artists should be making the lion share. So here you are, black artists partnering with this black uh, company, doing this live stream, and both of you are getting paid, and not just Facebook or Google or uh, or uh, uh, folks at Twitter uh, and other platforms. That is true, and and I, I want to point out because it was said, you know, the fans were saying, you know, Teddy Riley want to charge us now. You know, I did the Black Street concert and I didn't charge. And I wasn't never charging anybody for a concert. You know, I just want people to just come and enjoy. So I wanted to point that out. Nobody else is doing that. Everybody wants to charge. And it's just not my way of uh, giving back, you know. And so what, so what this is, is, is so basically... Uh, explain to people how Omnis Player works and how, how these concerts, video on demand, work for the consumer and then work for you, the talent. Um, how it works is, you know, East, like your platform could have a channel on Omnis. You still own it, you know, and basically what we do is we share in the profits and we're giving the actual uh, the, the consumers and everyone out there, they're getting to see it for free where it doesn't take anything from them. And uh, on our side, we're able to share in, but also have the advertisers and then pay for the instances. We're doing this all ourselves, but we're not taking anything from the actual viewers and, and the fans. And, 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 and the reality is that these are dollars that you're generating, the artist is generating. Uh, you're not having to sit here like, for instance, Erica Badu, when she did uh, her initial concerts, uh, she didn't really, uh, she did, did everything on her own. Variety had this great story where she talked about her Wi-Fi was weak in her home, so she had to bring in a satellite. She had the company. She called the back-end company to handle she, the purchasing. And so the first concert she did was a dollar. The second one was two bucks. Then it was three bucks. And it was all of these different things going in. But these guys have created 
uh, is uh, a you know all all in one suite where uh, it's 50 50 uh, where they're handling the production and the streaming you handle what you do that is promotion and singing that is true and um, that's how everybody's deal will be where they're able to uh, bring in their content and put it up on their website we actually uh, utilize their, their website so it's direct to the actual headquarters and direct to the actual service and then uh, pretty much they go from there they could show what they would like or whatever content that they want to put up Corona, what coronavirus has done, it has really forced a lot of artists to really focus on how they do a lot of this stuff themselves. Uh, there are people out there who say, look, I, I, I'm, I don't deal with that. I got, I got staff dealing with that. Well, here's the problem now. People are sheltered in place. Folks are in homes. Uh, I've had conversations with many artists and, and, and DJs and, and, and rappers and others who are like, hey, Roland, look, you've been doing this digital stuff. And so what piece of equipment to use, what camera to use, what mic to use. And so, look, we're not going to be moving towards where you're going to be having tours anytime soon. Yes, some states are opening up. And so a lot of artists are really going to have to think about how they can earn a living as well as for their band members and their families uh, in this whole new age of coronavirus uh, and really utilizing live streaming. That's true. Um, and I always urge the uh, artists to, you know, get with us. You know, you can actually create content because I know you have other artists and people you want to bring on. So I got a bunch of friends that, you know, including yourself, you know, we spoke about it and I said, man, this is, I'm not a middleman. I just want to put, put everybody together. You know, I'm a part of the company. I don't get a huge share of it when I bring people in. I just get, you know, just find this type of share and I'm good. But, you know, 50% of something is better than 50% of nothing. And um, I think that all of the artists should come out, all of the, the artists should, and comedians, you know, everybody content makers. You write poems, you write books. Everybody could be on this this network and we're not the only network. We are, we're not the only channel. You know, we have another channel called Vuzu. And that's another channel that um, I have my partners there as well. So I'm not exclusive anywhere. I'm able to put it anywhere I'd like. And as you were talking, I mean, I, I, I could not help but, but think about um, Prince when he talked about owning your masters, when Ray Charles talked about that, Sam Cooke, Harry Belafonte, right. owning your own publishing. People forget Prince had a download service on his website before iTunes even existed. And sure so now what, we're, now what we're talking about here, uh, to your point of artists having full control over everything about them uh, and being able to generate substantial amount of dollars. And guess what? You're not hopping on buses and planes and traveling and having it. it you're doing it right, frankly, from, from facilities. Your job is to actually to push and promote it to get your fans to come watch. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, we also have it where we can target the demographics. So we can actually, uh, we know exactly the, 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 the first people who bought the first Guy album or the first Teddy Riley record. And we can target them because they're the first to buy it. 
or we can target somebody every, you know, the month of your birthday, everybody in the month of your birthday. And um, that's how strong the system is. So I think well, if artists come along, <laughs> they would be able to target their fans, you know, the fans that bought their first records and new fans. Well, what I, what I find to be just really interesting about it is that, you know, you see what's happening right now. And, 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 and I get it. Because look, let's just understand. Look, we're streaming this right now, and we're streaming on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. And mm-hmm. for the people who, who might be saying, well, Roland, why are you doing that? It's because also I studied the models. What I also understood is that if you, when you step out here, when you step out here uh, and you're streaming, you actually you're actually paying broadband cost. And so when we launched, I need to keep the expenses very low. So by streaming yeah. on these platforms, they are assuming the bulk of the broadband cost. And so that was a strategy behind it. It also was to build up the show, build up the following. And so when I reached a certain point, and I, I really and my goal was, I said no later than year three, was to then take the audience that we built up and then shift them to another platform to say, y'all like this content, follow us here. And so what you're basically saying is, with the people who follow you on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram, hey, you want to see a live concert? Don't just, let's just go to Instagram. Where, frankly, the people who are actually making the money, it's Facebook because they own it. Your deal is, let's move our audience over here and now we can build a we can build a black owned platform. We can we we can get paid. And to your point, you're still not charging the consumer. It's a win win across the board. That is true. But at the same time, just so people know, you're not taking any money away from from Instagram because you can still have your traffic come through. Whatever traffic comes through, right. they still, you know, they still make the money from it. It's all about the instances. And um, I just learned about the instances. And what that is, is it's uh, basically the click in, click out, how many instances that's coming in. So the reason why the uh, the, the actual thing happened with the battle was uh, the instances got, you know, it's just like bombarded. It's almost like the fire marshals came and said, you know, this is it. No one else could get in. So the instances was up to 500,000 for that particular, you know, event. And then they open it up, you know, because, I mean, sometimes when it comes to certain uh, demographics and when it comes to, uh, say, R&B, see, no one thought that Babyface and myself will flood, you know, and, and break, the, break the Internet. So it's, you're right, you have to pay for the instances, you have to pay for um, the broadcast. And it, it's, it's, it's according to your instances. And what I learned also... Um, I had over like so many instances they said for the uh, battle it was more instances uh, than the uh, Kobe Bryant memorial I was like no that's ridiculous not Kobe Bryant so I just learned about that we have more instances than Mm -hmm. that because people, you know, it depends on what people want to go. So if you go on to Instagram, you're going to go to Instagram to see if we're doing a concert or seeing if Roland is going to be on there or whoever's going to be on there, that's an instance. So that's what, you know, that's why I said we, we're not taking money out of anybody's mouth. 
We're just basically adding on what we own. We're controlling what we own, the content. Because once it gets on there, then it's theirs. Right. And, 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 and the thing that I think is important is, is just understanding. Black people are the tastemakers in America. We are the trendsetters. We move culture. Um, we shift culture. And what, and what this is really saying is that, look, we, we over-index on these. We, we, we over-index on these. And so we're early adopters on apps and different other programs. And so what, what you're doing is trying to get us into the frame of mind of not just thinking that we are consumers, but that we are owners. That is true. 100%, man. Um, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm not late in the game, but knowing what I know, I was like, man, let me apply not to the, to the music and playing the music because we know how to do that. But let's get into the business aspect of it because, you know, for so long, we, we've never gotten into it. And now that we know it, you know, we all got to jump on board because this is going to be the model. This is going to be the model. You're going to have to figure out how to make money from home. And, uh, you know, it's just about a push of a button and getting into different businesses. You know, people are doing it every day. Uh, the guys you're working with, I mean, I mean, how enlightening has it been for you? Uh, I mean, look, you know music, you know artistry, you know producing, but, uh, but, but how enlightening has it been for you learning a whole different aspect of technology? It's like going to school all over again. I mean, <laughs> just all the things that you need to know, and the next thing you know, something new comes up. Because this is a model that things are going to change. Just like, you know, the, 4, the 2G to the 3G to the 4G to the 5G. So you got to roll with that. You know what I'm saying? You can't hate on it because it's going to happen. So how do you work mm -hmm. with it? That's what this is. And... I know that, you know, the model is just going to grow and new things are going to happen. It's just like us going from the iPhone 1 all the way to now going into 11, 12. So we got to right. roll with that and we got to learn this. This is not hard to learn and it's not hard to have content. You know, people from overseas and people who are manufacturers are looking for partners. We can sell pretty much anything, clothing, and we do that well. Let's put it online. But own it. What has it been like? What has it been? So what are the what are the conversations been like that you've had with other artists? Uh, are some afraid to, for the leap? Are, are some excited? Uh, have you had to show? No, folks, this is what you can actually make from this. What have those conversations been like for you? Well, one of the conversations, I don't want to say the person's name, but he had to see what I was doing first before he jumped in. And then when he seen what we were doing and he seen the numbers, which um, I can actually show you um, just from the Blackstreet numbers, I could pull this up right now from the dashboard, you know, so you all can see right here. Let's go into, all right, here we go. I'm just going to show you the instances for Blackstreet. So you see this number right here? If, if you can see that. 
Let me know when you can see it. Um, it's actually a little white out. Just go ahead and read it. Just tell me what it is. Now, now I can see a little bit. 557,525. Wow. That's just on the first, wow. first round. Now, you slide this over, and on the replay, there's another 200 and something thousand. So, mm -hmm. I can tell you, those numbers add up, and you have the control of those instances, as long as the, the company that you're working with are willing to partner with you to pay for those instances and, and uh, pay for the services of getting your video and, that, and your content up, you got a good partnership. And that's what I have. I have that with Vuzu. And I have that also with uh, with uh, Omnis. But, um, you know, Vuzu, I have more of a partnership. You know, I have to say, mm -hmm. I have more of a partnership. And those guys are not just technology guys. They, they're from the record industry. So I... Mm -hmm. I just want to introduce this to all my friends. And that was my conversation from the first person. So when he's seen that, he's like, I'm jumping on board. And then, you know, we started putting our own money into it because you're going to have to. But there are some things that you right. don't have to just to get it up online and control it. You know, there, there's ways to get it up there. But get a great partner. Yeah, and, like, look. I mean, look, 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 look in our case. I mean, I, I've, I've had a conversation uh, with those guys, and, you know, I said to them, I don't I don't need your production stuff. I already got my production stuff. Right. You know, I see, you know, I'm like, we already have that. You know, so it's, it's uh, right, right. So it's understanding, it's understanding, you know, the levels of partnership. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that's very interesting uh, is that, you know, when, when I did all these videos uh, complaining about the sound issues, I've, I've talked about different adapters. You need to use this system over this one. What's one way? What's two way? How's audio being compressed? What's, be, what's real interesting is that the number of I've had all these different black tech companies who've been reaching out, who are like, "Dude, we didn't realize you understood this stuff," or "Or we didn't have a platform to talk about us in this space." And so we've had folks on every single week for the last four weeks or so who are doing through black people in technology uh, who are saying, hey, uh, we have the opportunity to create our own space and control our own content and be able to make money. And, and that's one thing I think has been great uh, that's come out of this. Uh, and even though folks, uh, uh, folks have, have, have been uh, cracking on you and all of a sudden if they get some bad audio, they like, uh oh, they got that Teddy Riley audio. Uh, exactly. Teddy Riley is, is laughing with them to the bank. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, I'm glad because it still, you know, keeps us out there, keeps us trending, you know, and, um, you know, I'm going to keep doing what we need to do just to get us to the forefront, you know, but at the same time, I'm not into taking food from anyone, you know, Instagram have been supportive to me and, tr and Twitter and, and uh, Periscope, and I'm going to be still using those, but those will be, you know, you got to come through. I say the ticket booth. Well, you got to go through security and then go through the ticket booth and then, you know, then you're in the door. So I don't have a problem with that as long as I can control what's inside the door. There you go.
Teddy, great conversation, man. Certainly good luck with it. What you got coming up next? What you working? What's, what's next? We got a concert this week. We got 112 and next. You know, um, uh, I joined Keith Sweat and um, iHeart. So we're looking at joining them, and mm -hmm. we're just trying to build a bunch of partnerships. You know, we also talking with Dash. You know, just to see what we can do. But iHeart looks like they're going to be the ones to take this thing where it needs to go. And thanks to uh, Keith, you know, having his relationship with iHeart, um, we're able to have something there. So that's going to give us radio and it's going to give us visuals, which covers what we've been wanting to cover for the longest, you know, as artists, as content makers. We wasn't get, we were either getting radio and no TV, no, no visuals. So now we can get both, mm -hmm. able to show both. All right, then. Teddy Riley, man, we appreciate it. Keep handling your business, uh, and uh, we'll be there watching. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'll see you there. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Going to a break. We come back. I guess we'll have some laughs with Chris Spencer. He kind of funny. <laughs> Wild Out Wednesday next on Roller Mart Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Barge Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, every Wednesday is Wilding Out Wednesday. Joining us this week, my homeboy, Chris Spencer. What up, Chris? What up, sir? How is you? Man, uh, glad to see you. And trust me, there are more people who are watching us right now than who are watching most of those IG live videos these people are calling you to do. God, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> but they're trying, okay? They're trying. But, but, Chris, come on now, Chris, you, you, you got to admit, you're sitting here, man, folks trying to have you on for 15, 20, 30 minutes, ask you to do an hour, and there are 11 people watching. Right. How many we got today? Oh, well, right now, uh, we've got more than 2,000 who are on YouTube as we speak. Uh, let, me, let me click on over to um, Facebook. Uh, we got more than 300 on Facebook, I think. And then uh, we got another. Uh, because what happens is, so let me explain technology for you, because I know that you're, 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 you're a step up from Buddy Lewis. That's not saying no. a lot. So the deal is you're, you're on FaceTime. Right. And so what's happening is you, you're you're on FaceTime and you're routed through our switcher to send your signal out. Uh, and gotcha. so I'm on another signal. And so that's gotcha. why. So unlike uh, so that way, it's not like you can actually see me because we're routed through a switcher, which is going through our encoder, which is sending the signal out to the audience. That's a bunch of stuff. You have no idea what the hell I just said. I have an idea. OK, I get it. 
Yes, that's what's going on. So just like when you do a television show, just look straight into the camera and talk and ignore being able to see me. Okay. <laughs> how how is this? Uh, are you are are you ready to wait? Are you ready to run away from home, or have you, or has it been good kicking it with the family? It's been excellent for me because a uh, yes, we've gotten closer. Uh, I think my wife proposed to me again because uh, I'm home so much. Um, but more than that, I actually had work. <laughs> She's like, I, I'm like, you can't, I, I can't kiss you no more. That was a, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, that's great. This is lovely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I want to watch some. Mm, okay, I can't. So she loves it. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually had work to do. So it was great that I actually couldn't be, you know, off sneaking off the golf courses and stuff. I had to actually finish these projects that were, um, you know, I was hired to do it before <laughs> COVID started. And uh, what's, what's crazy is uh, we were texting the other day, and you were like, you know what? Um, I think after this, I don't... I don't think you even want to hear the song Zoom. Right? Yeah, that's the only song from Teddy Riley I'm not going to hear. All I want to do is Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I'll I, I go right past that one. <laughs> that one and, and the Commodore Zoom, because... Yes. You have gotten sick and tired of these Zoom meetings, correct? It's just unnecessary. Like, I understand if there's, if there's a, a board meeting, 30 people, whatever, but don't be one-on-one -on -one Zooming me, okay? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, just right. call me, pick up the phone, text me. But I, I've got, I was getting I, bad, I, too. I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, in the beginning, I understood because there was no human contact. Like, I even found myself FaceTiming the gardener. He'd be up front, I'd be like, hey, what up? <laughs> and so I understood, but now it's over, okay? Just call me, text me, do whatever you did before. Come on. Dude, I was on a Zoom call, and they were like, uh, Roland, we hear you, we don't see you. I'm like, yeah, because I'm calling into the Zoom call. And they're yeah, like, see, you're, you're so you're not going to be on video? You was prepared for this. No, matter of fact, I wish you would have told us this four right. years ago or five years ago when you started doing your own stuff. <laughs> but I did. Been, I, I tried to explain to little. people. You should have been chicken little going, <laughs> the sky is falling. Y'all need to take a Roland Martin technology class. <laughs> Cash out me at Roland Martin. Dude, I, I tried to sit here and explain to people. It's like, so for instance, like, so I had, I had a Zoom earlier today and actually it was a criminal justice panel uh, that I got paid for. Um, and so I was perfectly mm -hmm. fine with it. And so I, so I couldn't go into the studio. So right, I, right now I'm here, I'm here in, uh, I'm in, at my house and I've got a I got, I have a studio in my house. I've got a green screen behind me. Right. I've got the lights, the external camera. I've got a ATM mini switcher monitor. I'm like, look, I'm just like, sit, look, I, I'm like, I own my shit. I got microphones. I'm like, look, we this, dude, I'm sorry. You I'm were prepared be, for it was, this. It was, yeah, so that's why people like, oh my God, how's it feel being at home? I'm like, uh, I'm good. I've got, I, I've had so many, normally I have three to four suitcases that are in different stages of either need to be unpacked, need to be packed, or that's the trip from two weeks ago. So I've been good. Right, this is great for you. 
the golf game has suffered tremendously, but we can we but we can get that thing back. We can get that thing back. So yeah, we can no, get I, that. I, listen, I, I, uh, so, one thing I won't talk bad about you is your golf game. You, you can play. Hey man, somebody got to do it. Somebody got to do it. So, uh, so I, so last week you participated. Seek had this virtual reality comedy uh, yeah. deal. You did that. Um, mm. What's been what's been the craziest thing that somebody has asked you to do during this whole coronavirus deal? Where you went? Seriously, you you want me to do that? Any 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 invitation to do stand up I've turned down. I'm not gonna be doing stand up to my screen, to my screen saver. I don't <laughs> it's just too awkward. You know, music is different. You play the song, you wait to the end, you or you play the song and you can rock to it. Comedy, I need to feel that interaction every few seconds, minutes to help me elevate my game. So- now there's some people who are straight monologists and it's not about the crowd and they just they're 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 rope with the material and that's how they are. I love the energy of the crowd. Uh, something in the crowd might take me my material in a different direction. I need to feed the people, feel the people, and see the people. I can't just do robot stand up to a blank screen. I can't. Although I did do it last. So week how for a lot of money? <laughs> so so how so how <laughs> so we so were, how are you going to operate, man? Now. In this different world, space we're in now, where we don't know if we're gonna be back in comedy clubs or doing concerts or you know the, the award shows you write for. I got scripts. I got scripts. I got scripts. I got scripts. I gotta write. Scripts. I gotta. Yeah. So I'm I'm busy. So I was never the road warrior anyway. I wasn't on the road like a DL or a Bruce Bruce or a Michael Collier, Mike Epps, or right. week, 52 week, 52 week, you know, 50, 40 to 50 weekends, Mike Epps, Kevin Hart. I kind of do, I do about 10 to 15 dates a year. And I was, so it, it really hasn't affected me much. Of course, I like going out of town, some of those funky cities, you know, the things that I host, the American Black Film Festival and the Black Enterprise uh, situation, but other than that, I got, I got, I got, I got scripts. I got, I got work to do. Do you think coming out of this, uh, when stuff does fully open up, that comedians are just going to be on fire because they, um, stuff has just been building and building? Absolutely, because tragedy plus time equals comedy. So it's gonna be a lot of people doing the same <laughs> shit for a while. So they're gonna have to sift through the <laughs> tissue jokes and washing their hands every five minutes. But um, like, I, I got one joke I'm gonna do, and I know everybody's gonna steal it. So I'm gonna tell it to you right now, right? So this is a true story. I was on a, I was on a phone. I was on a phone with one of our good friends, Anthony Anderson. I was in Whole Foods. I was masked up. And I, he said something, and it made me laugh. I laughed, and you know, sometimes you laugh and cough. <laughs> I laugh, coughing. Right. looking at me like this. I go, ma'am, don't worry. This is not COVID. This is just regular old AIDS. <laughs> just regular garden mill, over the counter HIV. You don't have nothing to worry about. Damn. Damn. Yeah. That's, so I'm going to do that. And you're going to hear somebody steal it. I promise you. 
Well, the reason that's funny, because earlier in the show, I was talking about, I was like, yo, what makes this thing different is that if you go sleep with somebody and you get HIV, I, you, hell, Magic got diagnosed in 91. He's still here. Fantastic I, looking. You got somebody, you got somebody cough on a bus. The bus driver, the brother in Detroit, he was dead two weeks later. Right. This, this, yeah. this, this, this ain't no, this, this ain't a virus. This is a virus virus. Yeah, this is like on, in the movies virus. Contagion. Yeah, yeah this, this is, this, this ain't no joke. Yeah, no, this, no, this, this is no, this is no joke at all. No joke at all. Uh, I got to ask you this here. So what's this thing you and your wife doing this, this date night? What's that? Yes. Who, who uh, idea was like that? I don't like I don't like the tone of your voice. How you're asking? I'm sorry. I'm not using ATM switchers and shit to make it look fantastic. <laughs> but uh, so no, no. So the reason I asked that because when y- y'all were on live and I popped on and I was just trolling and you had a look and I was like, look at Chris. He don't even want to be there. He is there. I said, yeah, Chris. I, 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 I said, Chris. Look. I said, I said, Chris looking like Patty Hearst. He's been kidnapped. <laughs> and your wife, oh, your wife hit me. Yeah. Roland, I saw your comments. Chris was not being kidnapped. He was a willing participant. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, except <laughs> he didn't get to participate. No, um, it's a talk show. You know, it, it's, it was something that we sold to Kevin Hart's company and Sirius Satellite before uh, this COVID situation happened. And so we had to sit, and we were like, yo, we see all these other people doing these other platforms. I mean, doing things on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live. And I was like, this is perfect practice for us. We've never worked together. You've never really done anything in this capacity. So boom, now we get to be in junior college where we, with very vis- you know, small visibility, we can figure out how we work, how we work together. And then when it's time for us to get on the air, boom, we've had practice. Gotcha. So basically what you said is, uh, this is you're going to be a guinea pig right now. And then yes. if we figure out that we don't like working together, we just won't do it later. You are so good at this. <laughs> yes. Last question for you. Last question for you. Yes, I know you got to go. Uh, to, you got you to you gotta go do a, we got um, a we got, uh, 15. We got Holly oh. Robinson, Pete, Rodney Pete. Y'all do. Yep. Yep, and we want to get you on right, what time? Too. 6 o'clock what e- time? Uh, PST. 6 p.m. PST. Oh, that's, that's, so it's 9 o'clock Eastern. 9 o'clock Eastern. Got it, got yes. it. Yes. So uh, I got to ask you this. Has there been anybody who you did not know about before all of this where now you like, <laughs> oh, my God, that person is crazy funny or really talented I really like hearing from them. Like for me, it's Spice Adams. I, I had never heard of Spice wow, Adams before all of this here. Yes, I didn't. I didn't. And, yeah. I, and I, 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 I would see, I would see him with D, in D Nice in Club Quarantine, and then right. I start seeing these videos. And then, but then yeah. first of all, I gotta remember he's an Omega, so I really wouldn't give a damn about knowing about him beforehand. So I really wouldn't. But now, okay, now I know about Spice right. Adams. As a result yes. of coronavirus. Anybody for you? I can't top that. That dude is a genius. I knew about him before. Uh, you know, I've seen him around. I've done events with him. and uh, But I was watching him slowly creep up with the cat daddy stuff and the old school dude doing the 4th of July picnics and 
I don't know if you remember, he did that NBA basketball commercial like three or four years ago. Uh, and I was like, who is this dude? So he, he, he was hold one on, of the Hold on, hold on. So when he, when he was the one who couldn't, hold on, was he the one who couldn't shoot? Who did the... the f- had the only... <laughs> right, right. On the garage. That's space. Got it. Got it. Because he was at... He was about he was see, sugar see, and spice, you, Adams. Yeah, he was a little heavier. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he so there's nobody who spice Adams. <laughs> Damn. See, see right, see right there, right there. See, you, the, see now he gonna he, he gonna hit and syrup. Damn. No, you can say Damn, that. You, you ain't right. Talk about a right. When they're heavy, you can talk about them after they they've lost the weight. Then you can do a, a heavy joke. I can't talk. Uh, look, I'm they don't care. Right now, if they getting paid a certain amount, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Why would they? All right, so it looks like, j- just so y'all know, I'm talking right now. I've lost my Skype. So to the studio, I'm calling back in so I can hear Chris. So I can hear Uh-oh. Chris. I didn't try to pick up the Skype, uh, but I actually lost it, uh, his signal. There we go. All right, I got you, I got you back, Chris. You, yes, I sir. Back, I can now hear you. This is how good you are. You're you. skyping. A but you still gotta time. give me one name. You gotta give me a name. Are. There's somebody who you now follow. Who you didn't follow before? Who now is like, yo, that person's dope. You're like, yo, that person's dope. You're like, yo, that person's dope. There's an echo that's going like five times every time you talk. It's like, yo, that person's dope. That person's dope. That person's dope. That person's dope. So you you need to fix your ATM switch. Can you hear me? Yoo-hoo, Roland. All right. Chris Spencer, I know you don't need the money. What's your cash app? Uh, uh, money sign. Uh, uh, money sign out too much production. What? Yes, what's my cash app? Yes, what's my cash app? What is it again? That's long as hell. Oh no, I was just making a fake one up. Oh no, I was just making a fake one up. Hey, somebody accidentally sent me some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, give out the Buddy Lewis cash app because we know his broke ass needed. Yeah. Do you question why you still friends with Buddy Lewis? I do. That's my boy. That's my boy. 30 plus, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, week and and, and 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 then he tried to lie Chris he tried to lie he tried to, he tried to tell my audience that uh I did not outstep him that uh the video I played was the second round but while he was lying he didn't realize I had it queued up no it didn't end well for him Chris <laughs> Chris it didn't end well for him did you hear what I said? You had a cue up. Did you hear what I said? No you had a cue up. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, he. He. He got off the show cussing. 
He got Ooh. off cussing, but it's all good. Ooh. It's all good. Chris Spencer, always good talking with you, man. I look forward to doing the date night with you and your wife. And hold up. I do I do have to say this, y'all. Let me apologize. So Chris and I play golf. And um, y'all, Chris is in L.A. So there, there's a certain type of song, a, a musical genre. Me growing up in Houston, that is the oh, Gulf yeah. Coast, that oh, yeah. the sound don't get to L.A. I was playing some music Never. for Chris, y'all, and Chris, Chris just stopped even playing golf, and he was shazamming. The first time it happened, we were Anthony Anderson celebrity golf tournament. Uh, golf tournament. <laughs> and I said, let's battle some music. He's like, and part of the problem Chris had a little speaker I had a bigger speaker oh yeah, you won. Oh. The music was better. Yeah, you won. The music was better. It sounded better. You was in 17. You were in 17. Well, y'all, we were on a golf course, and I played that song by Big Pokey, uh, Side Piece. Chris lost it. Chris is like, Chris is like, I ain't never heard of this music. But you went home and you played it. It didn't end well for you, did it? I didn't even know we were No, I, I slept on the couch that night. No, I, I slept on the couch that night. Uh, she appreciated it later when she I told her it was just a joke. She appreciated it later when I told her it was just a joke. Good. All right, well, look, we appreciate all good music. Y'all, we always have a good time. Yes. We get together, play golf. Yes. It's always last. And Chris, always, and Chris, I'm so mad because I cannot remember the comeback Y'all, Chris hit me. Chris cracked on me at the ABFF honors oh, yeah. with my with my African attire. Oh, yes. with my, yeah, so with my said, African attire. So I said. I said Boris Kojo. I said Boris Kojo. Anderson, Idris Elba, Roland Martin, all went on this pilgrimage to Africa. Ghana. And as you can see by the way he's dressed, no one enjoyed it more than Roland Martin. <laughs> He said he he said he bought he bought everything. I said and, and yeah, I was like said, usually people yeah, get mad left. when they lose their usually luggage. Usually people get mad when they lose their luggage. Not rolling. Not rolling. And I and I and I, and y'all and I text Chris, I'm calling Trump to put you on the do not fly list. That was funny. I wish I would have saw while I was on stage. Yeah, cause Chris cause Chris is like, I need I need to go I need to go get me some stuff. Well, Roland got hit. I'm like, no, you're going to be on Do Not Fly List. Your ass can't go. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It's always fun, man. Tell the wife what's up. We'll get together soon. Absolutely. Date night. I'll tell you. Absolutely. Date night with Vanessa and Vanessa. All right. We'll be checking it out. All right, y'all. Date night tonight. Instagram Live with uh, Chris Spencer, his wife Vanessa, Holly Robinson, Pete, 
as well as her husband, Rodney Pete, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. All right, y'all, we got to go real quick. Here are the people who've given 50 bucks uh, in the last 24 hours for our Bring the Funk fan club. Aquana McAllister, Brian Elmer Foster, Gregory Horsley, Isaac Surgic, Jacqueline Williams, Joyce, Kenneth Blair, Michelle Egerton, Nichelle Peck Glaspie, Otis Ingram, Rashida Chandler, Ricky Blaylock, Tony Strother, Wayvon Lloyd. I want to thank all of y'all who joined our Bring the Funk fan club. Our goal is very simple, to get 20,000 people donating uh, by the end of the year. 50 bucks or more. Uh, that will completely fund us. This is about us being able to have a platform to do what we do, to be able to have the Chris Spencers, the Teddy Rileys, and so many others who are on every single day. Y'all know what we do. It's about speaking to our issues that matter to us. And so please go to our Cash App. Pull up right now, folks. Cash App, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal, paypal.me, forward slash R Martin Unfiltered. And, of course, Venmo at RM Unfiltered as well. And so you got all the information there. Uh, and so we certainly appreciate it again, folks. Uh, and, again, uh, so thank you so very much. Uh, I shall see you guys tomorrow. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, look forward to a great time. Okay? I'll see you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.